trying to help your knees. I'm trying to help your knees. If, if you're already standing, I ain't got to ask you. My, 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 my. Oh, Lord. Mm. Right now. <laughs> right now. Our scripture next today comes from 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Oh, y'all ain't got to turn it down. Go ahead. 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Starting at the 14th verse. 2 Timothy chapter 4, starting at the 14th verse. Only got two verses. 2 Timothy chapter 4, starting at the 14th verse. And it reads, Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works. Of whom be thou ware also, for he hath greatly withstood our words. The word of God is already blessed. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you. Lord God, we need you. Lord God, we worship you. Lord God, we love on you today. Lord God, have your way today, God. Be with us today, God, as we lift up your name all over this place, God. And God, at the appointed time, as if there's anyone amongst you who is out of relationship with you, let them come down asking, what must I do to be saved? We pray this prayer right now in the matchless name of Jesus. Every heart said amen. Oh, come on, say it like you mean it, amen. Oh, shout unto God.
the name of Nicholas and Julian are here. They are all the way from France. They are from France. We welcome you to this, the Ebenezer Missionary Baptist Church, and to our other guests who are here. We didn't get your names or where you're from, but we celebrate your presence today. Amen. And we're also Super excited that this is the day that Brother Charlie Ward is going down in the water. Praise the Lord. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, yes, we are grateful. Grateful. We thank God for that. Again, happy birthday to all of those born in the month of September. This is your last week of celebration. Praise the Lord. Uh, we hope you've had a wonderful celebration for those who've already had a birthday. Uh, I'm going to say this. Let me, I'll come back to this. 
I want to make mention that the Maggie Pryor will meet after church next Sunday uh, as they're making plans for uh, Thanksgiving baskets. Y'all know pastors don't like us meeting on Sunday after worship, but we're making a special allowance for this uh, so that we can be a blessing to our neighbors in the community. Amen. 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 Also want to continue to encourage you to come to Sunday school and Bible study. Our numbers have been great, uh, both for Sunday school and Bible study this week. Let's keep it going. We are beseeching God. We are praying. Uh, uh, we are petitioning God that God will give us the victory in our major, major pro- project that we are attempting to do. Many of you are aware that we are, are uh, renovating this space a $1.2 million project that Ebenezer is undertaking, and we need everybody's support. Uh, we are 900, almost a uh, million dollars uh, down, and a little bit more to go, and so we need your help. Okay, I, I said we need your help. Family, friends, neighbors, visitors, we need all your help, and if you want to know more about that, you can get one of the cards from our ushers, or if you can get one of the blue um, uh, giving give envelopes uh, as we seek to uh, raise the necessary funds to restore our edifice. God has been gracious to us, has he not? God, we have experienced God's grace. What do you mean, Pastor? The building has not collapsed upon us, but you know things get old, and they got to be propped back up, amen? So we need your help. To that end, Also, we are celebrating God opening some more doors. There's some things that are happening that are going to be happening in November and December that will help us do some of the things that we would like to do uh, as it relates to our church and this project. So stay tuned. We're going to need all of Ebenezer's help. Also, I'm asking for volunteers. I'm needing volunteers. Um, You know, Pastor, I I teach uh, Sunday school on Sunday mornings and then on Wednesday, but we need to resume our new members class. And so I'm looking for someone who is confident and capable to teach the new members class on Sundays. Uh, If you are interested in doing that, come see me, give me your name so that we have the curriculum. It was very, very easy uh, to do. Um, So please let me know where we're looking for volunteers. Uh, I hope I don't have to do it because then I can't teach Sunday school. So, uh, I need volunteers. Amen. That amen means you going to give me your name, right? Right. I just want to say today is a very special day. Today, uh, my beloved wife and I celebrate our 23rd anniversary. I I, I like to call her, I don't say it to her face, but I say it in my whispered uh I often joke that I think that I know that Pamela is going to make it to heaven because she had to stay married to me. Uh, Yeah, bless her ministry. But um, I'm able to do what I'm able to do because she allows me and supports me in it. I don't always say that, but I am firmly aware of it. And I celebrate her being an incredible wife, an incredible mother, an incredible caregiver to her parents, um, and all the other things that she do, that she does. Uh, I celebrate her as being um, a 
director at the University of Illinois, you uh, recently named this year to be the directory of the midwifery program uh, at University of Illinois. I pre- appreciate all of her accomplishments, her doctorate she earned, and all the other things. She became an AKA this year and all that stuff. And so from me uh, to her, I want to present her this as a token of my appreciation. She already got all my money, so I can't really add to it, but happy anniversary to you. She hasn't had to cook all weekend long. She ain't had to cook all weekend long. So, uh, uh, yeah. (laughs) So happy anniversary. And so happy to see Stanley back. I ain't seen you since Atlanta, bro. I know you've been you've been battling, but it's good to see your brother Stanley Stovall is back in the house. Amen. And all of you, Deacon Smith is here and others who have been challenged. We praise God for your presence. Let's continue with worship this morning. No! Oh. 
You ain't got to believe nobody, but you got to trust me. Trust me when I tell you, every dime of Friends of Ebenezer is going into the building of Ebenezer. That's just, I, want, I, want, I want nobody to be confused with nothing else. We ain't trying to paint the doors. It's going to the restoration of the building. So please do that there. Uh, you can also give. You can text to give. That number is 312 uh, You can give by mail, 4501 South Vincent Avenue, Chicago, Illinois, 60653. And last but not least, you can give via Zelle or Quick Pay. Zelle or Quick Pay, 773-960-9028. If you, didn't, if you missed any of that information, you were mine. Digital givers, just raise your hand and the usher will give you a card with all that information uh, readily at your fingertips. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you. Lord God, we thank you. God, we still thank you, God, that no weapon formed against us has been allowed to prosper. We thank you, God. God, we thank you right now, God, that you've allowed us, even in, in, in the midst of everything going on, you've allowed us to stay in this great place and space. And for that reason, thank you, God. Now we ask that you would bless this offering. God, bless both the gift and the giver so that we may continue to do the work of your kingdom in this place. We pray now in the matchless name of Jesus. Amen. Oh, 
y'all listening to the words because God I, I can't testify for you but I can testify for myself and he keeps on doing great things now I know I can't be the only one in the building I can't be the only one in the building so when you hear that song he's been singing it over and over again so you can you can join in come on keep song shouldn't have to be we shouldn't have to pull y'all so hard shouldn't have to pull so hard those who in the house know what I'm talking about because I could just stand right here and start counting the blessings one by one and before I get to two I could be running around this building because he's been that good hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah. It's prayer time in the house. It's prayer time in the house. I want to lift these names, lift these names, lift these names on our prayer list. Lifting the name of Lindsay Mayfield, Marguerite Jones, Doris Robinson. Praying for Deacon Chester Coleman, Elise and Willie Grant. Praying for Alfred Moore. Kenneth Sexton, Al and Mary Burton, praying for Shirley Anderson, Mary Sumter, Sarah Billups, Mary Alexander, Gladys Evans, Reverend James Thompson, Albert Cheney, Angela Williams, Glorine Driver, David Pearson, Bernetta Pearson, Michael Jones Jr., Deacon James Smith, who's in the building today. Praise God for your presence. Ernestine Rowe, Tracy Hill, Chandler Hill, Lori Eddings, Alicia Eddings, Maisie Jordan, Wanda Kimbrough, Terrell, Terrell, Terrell Blevins, who's in the building today. Praise the Lord. 
Lily Turner. We're still praying for Natalie Dumas. Praying for and continue to pray for Brother Rob Martin, who's in the building today. In the building today, Michael Ross and Bonita Williams. And we're praying for Stanley, who's also in the building. When I say they're in the building, that's a praise report right there. They still on the prayer list, but they in the building. Hallelujah in this place. And so we're still praying for them. Eternal God, our Father, you have heard the names of these thy people that have been lifted today. Those who have laid prostrate on prostrate on your altar. Seeking, O oh God, that you would see about them in their hour of need or in even in their hour of celebration. God, we thank you, O oh God, for those who have been on the list and are back in service today, O oh God. We know that it's taking great energy and determination to be back in this place. And we celebrate their presence, O oh God. We celebrate the presence of Sister Blevins and Brother Stovall and for Brother Rob and for Deacon, Deacon Smith. We celebrate their presence, O oh God, and so many others. God, we ask that you would continue to see about them in their circumstance in the name of Jesus. God, we lift up those on our list who are in hospital rooms, O oh God. Those who are in nursing facilities, O oh God, we lift them up today, O oh God, because we know you to be a healer and a company keeper. And so, God, we ask that you would have mercy. Have mercy today on those who are sick among them. God, we continue to pray for Ebenezer. God, you know the work that you have given to our hands, oh God. And we thank you, God, for the doors that you continue to open for us, oh God. We thank you, God, for the victories we experienced just this week. God, I just ask that you continue to guide and direct us, oh God, as we come together to do this great work. God, we thank you that people are still being saved that people are still coming down the aisle asking, what must I do to be saved, God? So we celebrate, oh God, Brother Charlie Ward today, oh God. Thank you, oh God, that he has made the commitment to live for you. God, we ask right now that you would be with us in the midst and the balance of this service. That some prayer, some word that might be preached, will speak to our hearts today. God, thank you for this time. Thank you for your mercy and your grace. Thank you for your loving kindness. Thank you for continuing to open doors for us. Thank you, God, for making ways out of no ways and for your constant and abiding presence in our lives. We lift now this prayer upon the wings of the afternoon and place it before thy feet to the all-wise God we pray and for his sake we pray and all of God's people said amen
Amen. 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 We thank Rolando, Orlando for ministering to us in song. Second Timothy verse fourth chapter fourteen and fifteen from the Living Bible. Alexander the Coppersmith has done me much harm. The Lord will punish him, but be careful of him, for he fought against everything we said. I want to talk from the subject of shipwrecked faith. A shipwreck. I want to ask you a question this morning. What do you do when faith conflicts with flesh? I mean, you know what I mean. When when you want to go to church, but the game comes on at 12. I got some real folk up in here. Okay, good. You 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 want to go straight home after work on Friday, but the boys are stopping off first. But lying on your tax forms will get you a bigger refund. I ain't gonna co-sign on that one. This is being recorded all over the world. You want to share your faith testimony, but you're afraid some will laugh. Ebenezer, we have to make faith decisions every single day. Some are small. Others are more serious. But rest assured, they all matter. If we are not careful about our daily decisions, the wrong ones can and will drag us into the wrong direction because it's all about keeping our priorities straight in our text today paul wrote his second letter to young timothy for good reason he wanted to be sure timothy had a rock solid faith on which to build his ministry and fulfill his calling as believer he told Timothy to make full proof of his ministry, not just by his words, but by his, his actions. Paul, Paul said, preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. In other words, he wanted Timothy, he wanted Timothy to be prepared to suffer through life's challenges by holding fast to the Lord. 
Paul, who knew his time was well spent, wanted Timothy to follow in his footsteps and remain faithful. So he warned Timothy of the challenges that lie ahead. He was preparing Timothy. He told Timothy that the time would come when people would not even endure sound doctrine, but would follow after their own lust and go looking for anyone and anything that would reinforce and satisfy their own ideas and urges and agenda. They would even turn away from the truth and instead believe lies. Makes me wonder how Paul could know what would be going on in the 21st century. Some of y'all missed that. People will turn away from the truth and instead believe lies. I really won. Oh, y'all missed that. It's not hard for your faith priorities to get out of whack. Few detours here and there, and before you know it, God has slipped down to the bottom of your list of priorities, and your faith gets shipwrecked. So the question is, what are your priorities today? Is it, is it the church? Is it the family? Is it friends? Because it's easy to get sidetracked. How do you know, Pastor? Well, you miss one Sunday, and then it turns into two. And before you know it, you look up, and you've been gone for two months. And then you look up again, and it's time for Thanksgiving, Christmas, and Easter. And you walk in the doors, and people think you are a visitor. It's easy to get shipwrecked. It's easy for our values to get out of whack, particularly when you can stay home for two and a half years and watch it on your computer. Well, that's what happened to Alexander, a convert. He was a new convert of the Apostle Paul. Alexander was a coppersmith and a Jew. He lived and worked in the area of Ephesus, and for a very good reason, the Ephesians worshipped the goddess Diana, and Alexander used his talents, his skill with metal to create a lucrative business for himself, making idols of the goddess. We don't know when Alexander accepted Christ, but it was probably during Paul's first visit in Asia Minor. And during this ministry trip, trip, Paul encountered Demetrius and his cohorts. Demetrius began to complain to those, to those of some similar trade that Paul's preaching was damaging their business. Paul's preaching was affecting the bottom line. Alexander was one of them. And I could hear Demetrius telling Alexander and the other tradesmen, we receive good income from, from this business. And this fellow Paul has convinced and led astray large numbers of people here in Ephesus and practically the whole province of Asia. Paul was hurting the bottom line. He says the gods made by human hands are no gods at all. 
his preaching has affected the bottom line. And we're in danger of losing our trade and our good name. Not only that, but the temple of the great goddess Artemis will be discredited and robbed of her divine majesty. What followed was nothing short of a riot. The word says, and you can look at it in Acts 19 and the 20 of Acts 19 and Acts 20, the word says that the whole city was full of confusion. They didn't know what to believe. The people rushed to the amphitheater to find out what was going on. Paul wanted to go and speak to the people of Ephesus, but some government leaders feared it would be dangerous, so they told Paul not to go. Instead, when the multitude in the theater demanded an explanation, the Jews pulled Alexander, a Christian Jew selling idols. They pulled him out of the crowd, and they mockingly told him to straighten this mess out. In other words, they set him up. Here was Alexander. He had obviously professed faith in Christ at one point, but he had shipwrecked his faith. He had veered off course away from good teaching and drifted into the dangerous waters of false teaching. He refused to follow the dictates of his Christian conscience and let go of the business of selling idols. He was walking according to the flesh, not the spirit, claiming the name of Christ while behaving like an unbeliever. Does that sound familiar to anybody? When he held up his hand to quiet the crowd so he could address them, the crowd would hear nothing from this fence-straddling idol maker. Instead, they cried out for two hours, Great is Diana of the Ephesians. Thankfully, the town clerk was finally able to dismiss the crowd as an unlawful assembly, and Paul immediately left for Macedonia. Later, in this first letter to young Pastor Timothy, who was serving the church at Ephesus, Paul would write, some shipwrecked their faith. I delivered Alexander unto Satan that he might learn not to blaspheme. And in Paul's second letter to Timothy, Paul wrote, Alexander the coppersmith has done me much harm. The Lord will punish him. But be careful of him, for he fought against everything we said. You see, beloved, Alexander had forsaken Christ that day in the theater, but notice that Paul didn't seek revenge for Alexander's portrayal of Christ. He just let God handle Alexander, or as grandmama used to say, Alexander, you made your bed, now you lay in it. Paul said the Lord will repay him what he's done. Now, I gave you the backdrop of this text because it's quite a story, one which we wish had not happened, but the truth is that it happens more often than we care to admit. And so we have to first consider the ways we desert God. 
You see, people use all kinds of excuses for deserting God. For Alexander, it was most likely fame and fortune. He was well known and had a lucrative business enterprise. When it conflicted with his newfound faith, he probably made excuses like, I have to earn a living. I mean, after all, I don't worship the idols I sell. Listen, just because I sell idols, it doesn't mean I'm one of them. But eventually, he couldn't fight off the enemy's pool. And rather than choose a different career path or means of income, Alexander chose to continue to partner with, partner with Satan. You see, submission to sin is what caused Alexander to desert God. And the tragedy is it lures us to. The term for that desertion is apostasy which means an abandonment or breach of faith. Even in the early Christian church, apostasy was a problem. You would think that those who had seen Jesus in the flesh or had been taught by his disciples would, would, would understand the truth and be able to remain faithful. But that was not the case. Judas couldn't do it. He sold out Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Peter couldn't do it. Do it. He denied knowing Christ not once but three times. Ananias and Sapphira couldn't do it. They kept money from the church. They lied and then they died. Demas couldn't do it. He deserted Paul's ministry and went back into the world. And those are just some who deserted their faith, whether in whole or in part. We face those difficult decisions every day. Alexander the coppersmith had to make the decision to be a Christian first or an Ephesian. And sadly, he made the wrong choice. And millions more have made poor choices because of sin's great pool. Even today, we struggle with Satan's attempt to turn us from our faith. We say stuff like this, Pastor, I can't be in that mission with her in the group. Or Pastor, tithe is just a word. I'll give what I feel is enough. Or we say, not this Sunday, Pastor, I'm too busy. Or this is the one I like, Sunday school. If they think I'm getting up that early on a Sunday morning, they crazy. And the saddest is when, after accepting Christ as our Savior and serving in the church, we disappear. We disappear completely back into the world. We become lost in a busy world that has no time for God. But I need to let you know there are consequences. There are consequences when we desert God. Because every time we take ourselves in the wrong direction, away from God, we weaken our faith. It's like holding up a sign that says, I'm up for grabs. When, when that happens, you have to watch out because sins are repetitive by nature. You ask the reformed alcoholic who just took one drink because he said it wouldn't hurt. 
but it hurt everybody who cared enough to help him start all over again on the road to sobriety. Or the treasurer who cooked the company books just this once became twice, twice, and became three times, and three times became a habit, and eventually they wound up in prison. We think, Ebenezer, that our actions don't matter much. But let me tell you something they do. They matter to God. He needs us to keep our priorities straight because he uses us to witness to unbelievers. When instead we act just like them, we harm, we hurt the growth of the kingdom of God. Alexander didn't think it was a big deal to sell his idols as a Christian. But it devastated the work of Christianity. He could have influenced thousands in that theater that day, but he chose to ensure his income as an idol maker. Fear of losing his wealth caused him to abandon his faith at a critical time, and as a result, he lost his faith altogether. He became an enemy of the Apostle Paul. Now, I know many of you don't think of yourself as being of any real consequence in the growth of God's kingdom, but nothing could be further from the truth. There's a story that's told here that makes my point. There was once a young girl who fell in love with a young Christian boy. They married in their teen years, but the marriage was tumultuous because the young Christian boy was an alcoholic. Her husband's, uh, her husband's sister was a faithful Christian, and, and the distraught wife, who was not a Christian, would often go to her for advice. And after seven long years of marriage, the young girl had had enough, and the couple divorced, and she moved away. Now, fast forward 10 years later, the alcoholic sister is sitting at her desk on a Monday morning when the phone rings. It's her brother's ex-wife. And here's what the ex-wife said. She said, I had to hunt you down and call you. I just had to tell you I'm a Christian. I accepted Christ on Sunday and I owe it all to you. I never saw your faith waver. We often think that people don't watch us. People don't watch us when we're going through or when we're being challenged. Let me let you know they do. And you never know what impact you have on other people's lives. Your actions as a Christian do count. Your faithfulness is a critical part of God's plan. When we veer off the Christian path, we become pariahs to God's plan. But finally, and most importantly, we, can, we should consider the consequences for deserting God. Like Alexander, we run the risk of permanently separating ourselves from God. 
If it could happen to Alexander, it can happen to us. We test God way too much and expect him to just look the other way. In fact, some things we do are so outside of God's will for us that we should be condemned on the spot like Ananias and Sapphira. Because the word reminds us that Satan's goal is to sift us like we, hoping we will one day hear the Lord say, depart from me, I know you not. We should be on the constant lookout for his adversarial tactics and not become the next victim. Still, we serve a loving father who is constantly reaching out to us with his tender spirit, even when we don't repent of our sins. You see, I stopped by to let you know and just to remind you that Jesus paid it all. I said Jesus paid it all. He paid for all the sin we continue to flaunt in God's face. We come to church and we sing that great hymn, Onward Christian Soldiers. Then we go home and get in an argument with our neighbor. We, we sing glory to his name, give God a 10 spot, and then we go home and order a movie on pay-per-view for $20. We, we come to Bible study with phones, with phones that cost $1,500. I saw that iPhone 14, $1,500, and then we come to Bible study with torn up pages of a Bible. We go to a restaurant, forget to bow our heads for, before grace, but then we complain about the food and, and the service. We go, we go, we go to our clubs and organizations, to our fraternities and sorority gatherings, but won't come to special worship services. We buy expensive tickets for our high school and college football games, but, but won't put in $5 for mission. We commit sin after sin after sin, big sins, little sins. And all the while, God is watching. You saw Alexander, and the truth of the matter is, God sees us. I said, God sees us. And so we have to be careful what we represent. Are you representing yourself as a child of God? Or are you representing yourself as something altogether different? When we sing Jesus paid it all, all to him I owe, we better mean it. We better mean it. Christ did pay it all. And it was a painful payment. Christ conquered our hatred with his love. He conquered our hostility with his peace. He conquered our immor immorality with his purity. He conquered our pride with his humility. He conquered our flesh with his spirit. And only by his stripes are we healed. I know life can be enticing, trying to do what we need to do. But we need to recognize that first and foremost, that we are a child of God. And if we veer off, you better come back. Do you hear what I'm saying? That when we veer off track, we need to find our way back. Because the good news is God's grace and mercy awaits us 
when we are on the path of righteousness. Do you hear what I'm saying this morning? Jesus did pay it all. He paid it not just for me or the other person that's singing. He paid it all for you. And all to him we owe. The word of God for the people of God and all of God's people said amen. At this time, we're opening the doors of the church. Perhaps there is someone here, someone here that wants to give their life to the Lord. If that person is you, we extend an invitation to you to come at this time. And at this time, Pastor Dana will come as we prepare for baptism. He will continue with the invitation.
in a moment there is a song that we sing during times like this take me to the water many of us have gone down that song it goes like this take me to the water by my key take me to the water take me to the water to be baptized none but the rock Ebenezer family and friends, we have Brother Charlie Ward, who has made this known that he wanted to be taken to the water to be baptized. He has made it known that he wants to follow in the path of his Savior, Jesus the Christ. And so we are excited to take him to this water so that when he goes down in this water, everything that was in the past remains buried in the past. And when he comes up out of these waters, he will be brand new. He will have a genuine relationship 
with Jesus Christ. And so, Brother Ward, we proudly baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Oh, come on, give God a hand clap. Give God a hand clap. You can do better than that.
Thank you. 